Alhamdulillah, everyone. So I have got some really, really great things to say about today. So today was the day that we laid my nephew to rest. His name was Lindsay, and he was 42 years old. I'm 49. So he, you know, was a little bit younger than me. But he was a really, really great nephew. So we went to lay him to rest today. And um, afterwards, the family got together and I got to spend some time with my oldest sister. Uh, I posted a picture of her, she and I on Facebook. And, oh, my goodness, it was just so beautiful being with my daughter, my son, my nephews, my cousins, old friends, and definitely my sister. So the the thing about um, this is I had three sisters. No, excuse me. It's three of us. And my two sisters are much older than I am. Like uh, when my mom was pregnant with me, my oldest sister was pregnant with uh, one of my nephews. So, you know. Uh, I think she was like 16. So like I'm saying, you know, they're uh, a pretty good distance, you know, from me. I think my older sister is 65. She doesn't look it. Excuse me, I had to take a sip. Um, So she doesn't look it at all. She's so beautiful. And when I was a little girl, I used to always look at my sister and say I wanted to look just like her, my older sister. So it was crazy today because we took some pictures and some of the comments were like, wow, you guys are like twins. So that felt good. But um, me and my sisters, uh, we um, have never really been around each other a lot. And then as the years went on and I got grown and I ran into them on a different side of town. And that's so sad because we're all from Flint. We all live in Flint, but we didn't deal with one another. It was just like when I finally did get with my sisters, it was like, like strangers. You know what I mean? Like I had love for them because I had been around them a little bit before, but not much. So when we all got together, it was kind of like, relearning one another all over again so uh, a few years back I think it was 2018 my middle sister passed away and so you know how funerals and stuff is when it's a death in the family everybody get together and everybody is like well we should do better we should be this don't make no sense it's the only time we get together is a funeral you know how the whole conversation go so this time when my nephew passed, I was thinking, I'm not going, you know, um, I don't have to go give my goodbyes to him because I loved him a lot when he was here. So, you know, it's kind of like an excuse in a way, but in a way it's true, you know, so I, I really didn't want to go to the funeral and I really didn't want to be around any family. So, um, and just to go back, backtrack a little bit. My oldest sister, who, you know, is still alive, she and I butt heads, too. And I think what it is between me and my three sisters, you know, or my two sisters, I think what it is with us is we're all so strong. And, like, I guess you could say defensive, you know what I'm saying? And 
even if it's not a big deal, whatever we're having a problem with, it becomes a big deal because it's like we're pushing and shoving, pushing and shoving, like who's going to give in first? Hey, look, I'm tough, you know, and I'm not going to, you know, give in. And that's the attitude we all have. And then, you know, it just makes us end up being separate and feeling some kind of way about one another. And when my sister died, my middle sister died, I hadn't talked to her in years, you know, and I didn't get to spend the time that we should have spent together because it was full of beef. You know, we just at each other's throat, not face to face, but, you know, behind each other's back. And I'm hearing things she said, she's hearing things I said, and it was just a big mess. So, you know, even in that, I stopped talking to my oldest sister. We had a little disagreement about something and I just cut her off. You know, and that's one thing about me. If you do anything to cross me and I think you're going to hurt me, I'll cut you off immediately. Excuse me. So that's not a good thing, though. You know what I'm saying? To just cut people off, like literally just in communication. And I notice, you know, people really hate that. And. I do, too, because what I realized is instead of working through the problem with my sister or, the, you know, whoever I'm shutting out, shutting down, especially a family member, especially my sister, instead of being mad and just cutting her off, I should have told her how I felt. And even if we'd argue, we should have still dealt with it and got it together. But, you know, that's me. I'm a, I'm a runner. Um, so... The thing about being that way is you cut people off. Then you realize you missed this person, you know, or maybe I wasn't right. Maybe I acted, you know, in haste, you know, maybe I should have, you know, told my sister I love her. What if, what if my sister died? I already lost one. So these are the thoughts going through my head. So when I'm ready to communicate with that person, their feelings are hurt and they don't want to take a second chance on me. Because I'm so quick to cut them off. And that I never realized how hurtful that is to other people because I was generally thinking about myself. You know what I mean? So, you know, it was just really nice being with my sister. Um, we had some really deep conversation. And my oldest daughter was there. And um, it was just, you know, the three generations, the three generations of the Huddleston, you know, ladies, females, queens, you know, and it was so beautiful, you know, um, it was so beautiful because I felt a different kind of love for my family and it was like a supportive love. It was like a genuine love. It was like something I never experienced before. And well, I'm, I'm going to say that because since my mom has been ill with that dementia and me and her got back together, it's a different kind of love with her, too. And I also think that a lot of what I'm feeling or experiencing is um, from my soul, from my heart, you know, from being a Muslim and trying to be a good servant to Allah and do the things that he want me to do, be more understanding, more patient, you know, listen better. Don't just listen to speak, 
listen with your heart. Listen with your ears. Listen. You know what I mean? And just let that person have that moment. And when they're done with that moment, ask questions. Be genuinely interested. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you have to force yourself to be that way because everybody's attention span is very different. I was just diagnosed with um, adult ADHD. And, whoa, that answered a lot of questions for me. So, um, excuse me, this is my slushy. <laughs> I shouldn't be drinking slushies, but I love them. But, um, yes, yeah, so it was just a really wonderful day, a wonderful night with my family. And... I don't know. I just feel so good, you know. And I re- I told my sister today that I really apologize for a lot of things that I said to her, I did to her that was just so unnecessary. But you know, hurt people definitely do hurt people. And I don't want to be that way anymore. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't want to be that way anymore. You know, I want to live my life doing good deeds. You know what I'm saying? From my heart, helping others, even if it's just listening or talking with them. Or, you know, you see somebody on the street that needs some money, you know, um, ma'am, can I have a dollar? You know, it's been time. And I love doing it. I'll put a $20 bill in somebody's hand. Um, A lady one time was, you know, saying that she was hungry. And she said uh, everybody had turned her down, you know, because it was late night when she was asking for this money. She said she needed it for her daughter. She was running away from an abusive relationship. And in a way, I thought she was kind of maybe tricking me because it was kind of peculiar to me that she would be out at 12 o'clock trying to get change from people or, you know, money from people at the uh, at the gas station. Uh, long story short, she gave me her story, and she didn't have to explain everything to me. I heard kids, I heard daughters, I heard hungry, and I heard running, and I heard abuse. And I said, just a minute. I went in, and I took $50 off because I was going to give her 20 and, you know, put a few dollars in my uh, wallet because I never have change. You know, I never had money. And so I went in, I got the 50, and I came out, and I decided to give her the 30. And so I was like, here, sister, take this. And I just put it in her hand. She didn't even see what it was. And um, we got to talking a little bit more. And I said, you know what, here, take this. So I gave her, you know, the entire 50. And you know what, matter of fact, it might have been 60, because I don't think you can take 50 off the ATM. So it might have been 60. And I remember thinking when she left, I'm like, I wonder, did she just get me? <laughs> I wonder, did I just fall for the okie doke? But I just kept saying to myself, you know, what I did was from the heart. So if she take that money and blow it, you know, getting high or something, you know, I still feel bad for her. Because I've been there before. Somebody helped me, you know, with some money to buy food or something. And I go straight to the dope house. You know what I'm saying? I used to, I've done that before when I was an active addict, you know. So um, I just kept thinking, you know, maybe she got me. But every time I would think that, I would go back to that thought. Like, even if she did, 
She's still in misery. She's still in hurt. She's still in danger. She's still in the dark. You know what I mean? So I think it might have been two weeks later. We were at the gas station again getting slushies. <laughs> getting slushies, which we don't need. Me and my friend, we do not. We both, I think he's diabetic. I'm pre-diabetic. And we love going up there getting them slushies. So we went up there, and I think it might have been once again, about 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. And when I pulled up, I seen her car. So um, I pulled up on the side of her. My friend went in the um, gas station to get the slushies. And I walked up to the car. And as soon as she seen me coming, she got excited, and I did too. I'm like, hey, sister. And so I reach in, and we hug. And I was like, I have not seen you in a minute. She's like, cuz. She's like, sister, she's like, you blessed me so much. She said, I haven't been out the house since you gave me that money. She's like, because I was able to get what I need. So it made me feel good to know that for two weeks, she was, you know, okay with her children as far as food. I think she had like three or four girls. She was staying in a hotel, and anybody who ever stayed in a hotel, like living in a hotel, those are extremely expensive. So, you know, it made me feel so good that, you know, I could help feed somebody because I've been hungry before, you know. And I always try to give to, you know, the people that are homeless, um... I don't care. They don't have to be homeless for me to help. But something about people that are, that are homeless really puts me in a whole different mode. Because I remember um, this was like 2006 or seven, maybe even 2008. And I had went into rehab like... Um, I think it was like August 2005. Um, I had, um, starting in 1999, I had been experimenting with cocaine. I uh, was already a drinker. And uh, I moved out into some apartments where cocaine was flowing like running water from the tap. And so I ended up experimenting with that a little bit. And next thing you know, you know, we were getting high. But the thing about it was I was still able to pay the rent. I was still able to take care of my kids. You know what I'm saying? And it became where it was harder and harder to do. And then eventually I stopped snorting cocaine and I started smoking cocaine, crack cocaine. And when I graduated into that, I lost everything within a matter of eight months. I lost my kids. I lost my TV. I lost my place and uh, everything. So I ended up on the streets. And because my kids were a little older, they were in foster care. But they were old enough to catch the bus and come see their mom. Like, you know, they weren't little kids in foster care. So sometimes we'd all be homeless because uh, my son would definitely run away from foster care. And sometimes we'd just walk, you know, the streets or we'd ride the bus over and over, you know, with his free bus pass because we had nowhere to go. And uh, outside of that, I was homeless, like literally on the streets, homeless, Um for almost almost a full two years and I remember um being so hungry like going to the mall just to sit in the food area and you'd be amazed to see the food that people throw away 
And at the time, it was a McDonald's there. It was a Coney place there. And I think a taco place there. And so I'm sitting in the food court looking at these people throw this food away. You know what I'm saying? Like they go get some McDonald's and take one or two bites out of a hamburger and eat a few fries. And then they just dump it. You know what I'm saying? Full cups of pop. And um, it was just crazy. Um, Whole hot dogs, half a hot dogs, a big plate of onion rings. They only ate two or three out of. And I'm just like sitting there so hungry. And I don't have a dime to my name. And I'm just hungry. And I'm homeless. And I don't look it, though. You know what I'm saying? I'm, my clothes are clean. I'm clean. My hair is done. You know, and that was another really hard thing to maintain, living on the streets. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, if one more person walk past here, I'm going to ask them, can I have some money to buy me something to eat because I haven't ate. And make a long story short, which is hard for me to do, I could not bring myself to ask anybody for no food. So I'm sitting here watching these people throw the food away, throw the food away, throw the food away. And I was thinking to myself, I should get one of those hamburgers out of there, you know. And I looked around, nobody, you know, was around, but I still couldn't do it. And I was so, so hungry, but I couldn't bring myself to go in that trash and eat that food, mostly because I was scared of somebody seeing me and being ridiculed. So I know what it's like to be hungry. I know what it's like to be hungry. I know what it's like not to have a place to use the bathroom. I know what it's like to have to find somewhere to wash up at. You know what I'm saying? Using tissue and bathroom soap to clean myself and, you know, get my face washed and, you know, just trying to maintain, you know, how I looked even though I was homeless. I know what it's like just to have nowhere to go. Sleeping on porches, abandoned houses, you know, it's just crazy. So when I see homeless people, I know what they're going through. You know what I mean? And that's why they ma'am, you got some change? Uh, One time I had just bought a burger meal from the restaurant and I seen a guy sitting in front of the gas station. I gave him my whole meal. Man, he seen that food was hot. He got so excited and I was excited too because he was excited. You know what I mean? And like, I don't do the camera thing, putting the camera on and capturing that moment because that's very humiliating, you know, and I don't want people to feel that way. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I just try to treat people the way I want to be treated, you know, especially, you know, homeless people, abused children, abused women, you know what I'm saying? Things like that. So, um, yeah, that, you know, is how I feel about that because uh, I've been through it. So, but yeah, it was a wonderful day and I just wanted to share that with everybody because it was great (laughs) it was great alhamdulillah and um i guess i'm gonna wrap this on up um it wasn't supposed to be this long i'm almost at 20 minutes but i appreciate you listening to me and um helping me get my numbers up with my podcast i i kind of like podcasting i think um Sometimes I'm like, maybe I should do more with my podcast, like add music or, you know, uh, give news reports or, you know. And then I think to myself, like, that ain't you, though. So 
my podcasts are like kind of just, you know, thoughts, random thoughts. And I just kick it with you guys like I would if we were face to face. I also have the uh, Q&A at the end, which is usually right up under the title. And you're more than welcome to answer the questions that I post on there or just say what you feel, you know, about the podcast and things like that. And I would greatly appreciate it. Also, don't forget that I have um, a a store on um, Facebook. It's called Hanan's Novelty Shop. You're more than welcome to go there, browse. I got some sisters that uh, post their um, businesses as well. You know, like hijabs, attire, uh, Muslima attire. Um, What else? What else? What else? What else? Lotion, sugar scrubs. And I have my own things on there, too. <clears throat> Excuse me. I also have a website and it's called um Hanan's Novelty Shop too, so it's really easy to remember. It's www.hanan's novelty shop. And that's Hanan's with a S. www.hanan's novelty shop.org. And um you can go on there and you can see my different oils and Um, I got lotion, lotion and body wash. You can buy sets, you know what I mean? So like a set is like $20, you know what I mean? And it's a really nice, the the clones and the the body oils and the lotions and washes. Oh my God, they are so nice. And they do last a long time. Like you'll be smelling your clothes (laughs) way after you take them off, you know, like a whole day. And then you come home and take your clothes off. You can still smell it you know, on you and on your clothing too. So the oils are really, really nice. Um, and like I said, I have sets. I got lotion, body washes, and oils for women and for men. So, uh, also for my men, I've got some fabulous beard bombs. You guys need to holler at me for Christmas and, um, I'll figure out some kind of way to make it a little more special. Maybe, you know, adding the products to a bag, you know, with a card in it or something, you know, so you can, you know, simplify Christmas shopping with me. I take all debit and um, I have Cash App, which is Cato Life One. Cato Life One is my Cash App. Um, you can hit me up one on one, DM me, inbox me, and you know, we can talk. And um, I got some really fabulous products. So check out my store, Anand's Novelty Shop on Facebook. Check out my website, www dot hanan's novelty shop dot org and that's hanan with an s hanan's novelty shop dot org and um, i just really appreciate you guys listening to me and i hope to um make more podcasts you i want you guys to make suggestions too like if it's something you want to hear about or, you know, like some discussions you want to, you know, take place on. I would love to. I love to talk about Islam. I love to talk about things that can help us grow and empower my women and my people. And, you know, just share, you know, and get some of that relief. And, you know, you're feeling down, you're feeling stressed out. Just come on, listen to my podcast and, you know, leave a comment. Make sure you share, leave a comment. And let's talk about it. You know what I'm saying? I'm open. I'm approachable. So I love you guys. And I thank you for listening. And I am out. <laughs> As-salamu alaykum. Rahmatullah. Wa Have a wonderful day. Mashallah. Alhamdulillah.